Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we have the pleasure of connecting with Joachim Lundquist. Joachim is pastor and international ambassador of Word of Life Church in Uppsala, Sweden. Even in this extremely secularized nation, the church has grown to over 3,000 and has become the mother church of an international network of over 800 churches in Europe, Russia, Central Asia, the Middle East, India, and beyond. Lean in as Joachim shares his passions for global missions and empowering the next generation. Buckle up your leadership seatbelts and let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Avail podcast, where we talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra. I'm the lead pastor of Vertical Church, a.k.a. Iglesia Vertical in South Florida, where we are one church, two languages, and it is an honor to be sitting with an amazing leader once again here on the Avail podcast, none other than Pastor Joachim Lundquist. He's all the way from Sweden, but he spent some time over here in the U.S. too. Pastor Joachim, it's good to have you here on the Avail podcast. Pastor Virgil, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I love opportunities like this uh, to lean in uh, to leaders who are having a global impact like yourself. Uh, so, Pastor Joachim, before we jump into the subject today, which, by the way, just a little teaser for everybody, we're going to talk about uh, your heart for missions in this world and also your heart for moving into the next generation, really empowering the next generation. Before we do that, I'd love for our, our Avail audience to get to know you a little bit. Can you share a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, my name is Joachim, as you heard, and uh, I'm from Sweden, born and raised. Now, Sweden is one of the most secularized and socialistic societies in the world. But you know what the scripture says, that where sin abounded, grace would abound even more. Mm. So for myself, I was born and raised in the Lutheran Church, which, which is the state church of Sweden, highly liberal, and many of its priests don't actually believe in God themselves. So I grew up in that environment. Sadly, I didn't connect with the Lord. I didn't see anything that was relevant to me as a teenager. So at the age of 14, I slipped away from God, from faith, from everything that had to do with Christianity. But then um, a friend of mine lied to me in Jesus' name, and he invited me to a, a Christian youth conference saying, claiming it was a party. So he said, there will be booze, there will be girls. So I came along. And um, I, I stumbled straight into the glory of God. And the first mm. night I gave my heart to Jesus. And it was a life-changing encounter with his love and his power. Then a little uh, over a year after that, I went on my first mission trip into the former Soviet Union. And I realized that the power of God as it's released in missions is a life-changing thing as well. So, uh, you know, that's really my starting point. And after that, God is now... Uh, graced me to, to pastor Word of Life Church, which has grown to be the largest church in, um, in Sweden. And mm. we're seeing an amazing impact for the kingdom of God. And I couldn't be happier. I love it. You know, I got to meet you, Joachim, uh, at, a, at a Hispanic Ministers Association event uh, earlier this year in 2022. And um, I heard some amazing stories. Um, and I love that. I think as leaders and pastors, it's good to be inspired. It's good to be mm -hmm. motivated. I, I left that gathering really encouraged uh, by your testimony. 
Um, and, and so I want to I want to do that today. I want this conversation. Uh, my prayer is that this conversation would just lift the spirits of pastors, leaders, you know, ministry leaders, Christian leaders all around the world when they when they watch this or listen to this. Uh, so let me just say I'm I'm so blessed that you're here. And let's just let's just bless the pants off of all the leaders. Let's talk missions. You have a, you have a yeah. Heart. Let's do it. You have a heart for missions, which means you have a heart for the world. And this is not something that's that's accidental. Some people just really have a heart and a calling to reach the nations. Let's talk about that. Yeah. yeah you know what, Pastor Virgil, I think that we all should, to some extent, mm-hmm. have a heart for missions. Because looking at Jesus and the example of Jesus, and especially what Christ told us after the resurrection, Every single of four Gospels and the Book of Acts has got this uh, this great commission. So mm. his last marching order for us was to go into the whole world. Now yeah. we're going to do that in different ways. We can go into the world by by uh, you know online uh, tools. We can go into the world by giving. But mm-hmm. I do believe, however we go into the world, we we need to have a heart for missions. That heart that is on fire for missions. Back at Word of Life in my church in Sweden, we don't say that we do missions. Our tagline is we are missions. <laughs> and, and by the grace of God now, we've been able to start over 800 churches wow. in Europe, in Central Asia, in, uh, in former Soviet Union, in India, in the Middle East, in mm. Iraq, in Syria, in Lebanon. And, yeah. and we've, we've been seeing time and time again, Pastor, that Really, when we put our efforts into missions, that is so much on the heart of God himself that he always finds a way where there is no way. He always finds money where there is no money. Mm. He always finds miracles where there are no miracles. So I do believe in a way that missions also is the doorway into the supernatural life because it's so much on the heart of God. Yeah, you know, I think... I think you're right. I love it. I love the fact we have a daughter church in Colombia in South America. We have a heart mm. you know, for South America. And uh, whenever we're able to send, uh, whether it's short-term missionaries or people who stay a little bit longer term o- over there, the, the testimonies of, of just what people experience. And then, and then our people here who were able to give and pray and support, there's just a, a great blessing there. I would imagine um, with most pastors listening right now, sometimes there's a challenge uh, because sometimes there are easy excuses, right? Uh, well, yeah. you know, we don't have the funding, you know, how are we going to do this? Or, you know, we don't have anybody to lead or, you know, or spearhead some kind of missions activity. Um, let's speak to that. Cause I'm sure that along the journey, you probably ran into some challenges or, or things that could have been excuses, but somehow you, your, your, your team, your people just found a way to break through. <laughs> Absolutely. I could tell you so many stories about that. Uh, one that comes to mind right now is really the miracle that launched us into missions in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were, this was back in the day when we were like 400 people, which is a huge church in Sweden. And um, we were <laughs> building our own, our own facilities, our own, our very first old church building. Wow. And of course, you know, 400 people taxed to death, which you are in Sweden. And there mm-hmm. was no tax deductible giving or anything. So our people were giving, really giving their hearts out uh, for this building fund. And right in the middle of the building process, we got a word from the Lord. And it was one of those, you know, like explosion words. You, mm-hmm. you couldn't mistake it. This is the Lord speaking to us. And the word was, give four million, raise $4 million in wow. four years because Soviet Union is going to collapse and you need to be ready to flood it with the gospel. And of course, 
perhaps this was at a time where we were raising funds from our own church building from 400 people. Wow. Now, four million U.S. dollars back then seemed like you got could have said 100 million. It looked just as as possible. <clears throat> Sorry, and um, so what happened was that we just started praying, and we shared this with the church. We didn't want to put pressure on people, but it was just like the hearts caught fire when hearing this. The word of the Lord prepared a way, and by His grace alone, in four years, we raised 4.1 million U.S. dollars. Wow! And Right at the end of that fourth year, Soviet Union collapsed and opened up for the gospel for the first time in 70 years. And wow. for the past four years, we have been raising money for this. We have been training missionaries. and We were ready to go and to flood former Soviet Union with the gospel. And, uh, you know, fast forward to now, we have 380 World of Life churches in so former Soviet Union all over Russia. Hundreds of thousands of lives affected. We have started over 200 rehab centers for alcoholics wow. in Siberia. There's been so many lives changed. But back then, it was just a word. It was just a word. And we could have missed it. We could have gone with the excuses, like you say, Pastor. Huh? Yeah. I always tell my church, like, excuses are like armpits. Everybody's got a few, and they stink. You know? <laughs> And as leaders, we could be run by excuses. We could be led by excuses. We could be motivated by excuses. But the opposite, the other way, is to be yeah. led and run and motivated by the Holy Spirit and dare to believe him, even when things look absolutely impossible. Wow. Here's what I want to ask now. There's got to be something that happens in the hearts of your people. There's got to be something that sparks uh, within the church, the sending church, or, or, you know, you guys were the ones have this on your heart and you're raising funds and doing this. What did this do? What, what, what did this do when, when all these doors that the Lord just started opening, uh, just by, because you guys were, were obedient and faithful to that call. What did that do to the faith in your local church? It exploded. There's no other way of putting it. When people mm. come to our church, where people see what we're doing and they ask us, ask me time and time again, what is the secret? How could this happen in Sweden, such a <laughs> secular society, such a socialistic society? I would say that it's all from the fire that comes back into our hearts from living in missions and talking about missions yeah. and praying for missions. As a leader, I, I take it as one of my key tasks above all else, basically, to cast vision for mission all the time. Mm -hmm. We don't have a set group of missionaries over here, like full-time experts. We mm -hmm. want our whole church to go on mission trips, go on mission teams. Because, Pastor, when I was 17, I was just a young boy in the Lord. I went on my first mission trip, again, to mm -hmm. former Soviet Union. I remember I, I, was, uh, I prayed for people for the first time. And I saw miracles with my own eyes for my first time. And it was like every single day of that trip was like I felt the smell of burning bridges behind me. You know, there's no going back after this. And I do believe that when you are exposed to missions, when you are actually going on missions or second best, if you hear a passionate pastor or leader speaking about missions, talking about missions, encouraging giving to missions, have prayer nights regarding missions, um, it does something to your heart. And missions is what has kept our, our church strong and also sound throughout the years and throughout the decades. It's yeah, been, 
you know, we, we, we motivate about missions. We talk a lot about going out and, and all those people who are going to be blessed and receive Jesus and so on. But actually, there's so much coming back to the Christian heart when getting involved with missions. Yeah, I think I think that I, I have met a lot of people kind of on both ends a lot of times on the on the end or maybe the extreme of man. It is all out missions, their hearts missions. And I've seen other people who are like, you know, you know, we tried it didn't work or this is not what we do. Uh, and, and then the other thing I was going to mention, uh, but, but I love what you're saying, because what you're saying, it it connects. It. This is a biblical. This is a gospel message, right, that we need to go go throughout the world, make disciples. Now, here's a question because I've seen it on my end and my experience as well. There's something interesting that happens to a young person as well. When young mm. people are involved in the work of the Lord, let, let's, I mean, we can kind of stay on both, but let's transition a little bit also and talk about the importance of, of just moving into the next generation, thinking about yeah. it, you know, and, and that, that multi-generational aspect of ministry. For sure. I, I do believe you're, you're so on point there. Uh, the next generation, the young generation, has got this inner need to make a difference. And uh, as long as we only coordinate our youth programs or our youth activities to happen within the same four walls of the church, we can have great events, great conferences, great meetings. But what really will change a young heart is to hear the word of God and, and, and be in the presence of God because we can't be without that, but also in combination with fulfilling the Great Commission in, in some way. You know, during my first year as a young Christian, those three components together, the foundation of the word of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit and missions, those three elements were, was, was really what changed my life. And now that's what I want to pass on to the next generation. So one of the key things we do in that realm is that we have a Bible school, like a one-year full-time Bible school. Now, over in Sweden, it's very common for young people to take a gap year after high school. You normally mm -hmm. don't go straight into uni or college. So we kind of run with that. And we encourage the young people that after they graduate from high school, take this one year for God and, and get a strong foundation in the Word of God get to spend time in the presence of God. And also throughout the year, we will send you out on two mission trips. And up until now, we have graduated 12,000 young people from our Bible school in Sweden. And then we have started 15 other Bible schools across the world, graduated about 50,000 young people by now. So what that does to them is that it gives them a solid foundation in the word of God. So, many time, so much time spent in the presence of God but also two mission trips when they're like 18, 19, 20 years old. And we see so many lives awesome. changed. And, and you know, the, the, what we present to them or try to present is a Christianity that makes sense, that is actually real, that is not only theory and it's not only happening inside the church building, but it actually can change the world. I love that. I love that because, um, so I'm, I'm a pastor's kid. I grew up, uh, in church, my parents planted. They're from originally from Colombia in South America. They moved to the U.S. They have a true encounter wow. with Jesus. They transitioned from religion to relationship, and mm -hmm. um, and that changed the trajectory of of our family. And I can't help but think that it, um, as I look back in my Christian walk, and I I, I can pr particularly identify some key people, some key men and women, including my parents and my older older sisters, who really saw me. 
They saw me, even though I was yeah. young, they poured into me. Let's talk a little bit about that. Cause I think, I think it's hard to see the next generation rise up. If there's not a, a previous generation that's pulling them up, that's lifting them up, that's speaking life into them. Um, you know, almost like, almost like really just spiritual fathers, mothers that just want, have a heart for the next generation. How do we, how do we develop that in our churches? Oh man, that pastor, that's, that's one of my life passions right there. Yeah. Uh, you know, God, when he introduces himself to Moses, he says, I'm the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Mm -hmm. And uh, really what he's saying is I'm the God of generations. Uh, I, I'm not the God of one guy. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. the God of generations. And if he's, if he's a God of generations, then his kingdom should be a kingdom of generations. And the essence of that kingdom should not be like a roller coaster up and down, but should be from glory to glory to glory to glory. And that's really, you know, and now as I grow older, this is turning into my my number one passion, just to see, I have the secret prayer that, that when I come to the end of my line, when I'm down, down here on earth and, and right before I'm getting promoted to glory, but the last thing I want to see spiritually, Pastor Virgil, mm. is the back of the next generation <laughs> passing by the point where I stopped and go on to build greater churches than I ever built or seeing greater outpourings of God's glory than I ever saw and reach more people with the gospel of Jesus than I, than I ever did. Now, this will not happen automatically. Mm -hmm. I, I've been studying church history for years and years, and I've studied all the main movements of revival and reformation in the past, especially the past 100 years. And just to see what did they do that was really successful? Mm. And also, what did they do that might have, have brought weakness into the movement? And sadly, the one main failure that we've seen uh, the past hundred years in the church is the lack of, uh, of passing the baton to the next generation. Mm. Most of the movements and the revivals that has taken place across the world has been one generation revivals. Wow. And I don't believe that's because God wanted it that way. Uh, but I do believe that we have a lesson to learn here. We need to get the young generation involved. We need to get the young generation to feel ownership. We need to give them an own experience of the presence of God and an own experience of, of missions. And we need to bring them in to mentor them, to father them. And actually on that theme, probably the most beautiful story in the Bible, as far as I'm concerned, uh, is the story of, of young Mary in Luke 1. Now Gabriel has just said to her that, man, you, your, your life is so much more valuable and precious and important that you have ever believed and, and understood. And she, the young generation has responded saying, I am the Lord's maid servant, let it be to me according to your will. And then it says, then the angel left her. So the youth conference came to a close. Uh, the, the goosebumps disappeared. And now there's just this teenage girl and, and, and reality is closing in on her. What in the world just happened? But then it said, the Bible goes on to say that at that moment, she, she traveled down to Judea to see her relative Elizabeth. Now, Elizabeth was in the six months of pregnancy. She, she knew where Mary was heading for. She, mm -hmm. she had experience that Mary needed. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful thing is that when these two women or generations, when they came together, the Holy Spirit fell upon both of them. 
So Mary, the mother generation or the father generation, whatever she carries on the inside, it's refilled and refueled with the Holy Spirit. Mm. And at the same time, the Spirit comes upon Mary and she bursts out into the Magnificat. And I do believe that God is giving us a great illustration here about the beauty that is being poured out and the glory that is being poured out when generations come together. Not to be identical, but to support one another, pray for one another and help one another. Christian leaders around the world are taking advantage of their free annual subscription to the Avail Journal. After all, each one of us should be taking the next step in our leadership journey. When you sign up for a free annual subscription to the Avail Journal, you'll enjoy interviews, articles, resources, and much more. For more information and to get subscribed today, visit availjournal.com. Yeah, that compliment. I, I I think that's so powerful. In fact, as a as a pastor, and uh, um, and I got a long way to go as well in this journey. But there's something so beautiful in my heart when I see the younger generation and the older generation just mingling in ministry, connecting, serving together. I love that so much. C- can you just can you share maybe some practical tips uh, for pastors and leaders who are leaning in right now, saying, "Okay, Pastor Joachim, talk to us. How do we?" How do we promote this? You know, how do we speak to the older generation? How do we speak to the younger generation? What are some things that we can do to get to get something moving? If, 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 if this has been stagnant, maybe there's a church yeah. that's just, they've been stuck. The younger generation has been stuck. The old generation hasn't been casting vision. Like what are some some steps that we could take? What are some things that you've experienced or seen these these work, This these steps work? Well, first of all, uh, I do believe that there are some things we need to get out of our heads. Like hmm. uh, a lot of, uh, of pastors and ministers, maybe of my generation or older, think that, hey, I don't understand the young generation. I'm, I'm not cool like they are. I don't listen to their <laughs> music. And, and we think that we need to become something different, that we need to approach them on a friend level. But the thing is that the young generation don't need friends. They have friends. They need fathers and they need mothers. So you don't have to understand it. You just have to have a heart for it. And my experience is that whatever you pray for will come alive inside of you. So if you start praying for the next generation, uh, they're going to start hearing that in your voice, in your words. If you just show interest, if you want to know, if you're not just out to point to them and and tell them what's wrong and what's negative in their generation, uh, but but you really come across with a father's heart, oozing fathership or mothership, and and just kind of saying, "Hey, I'm on your side. I, I wanna I wanna pray for you. I wanna help mm-hmm. you. I wanna support you. I wanna take your hand." I believe with all my heart that that is the the number one thing. You know, it, it says in Malachi four and six that God will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. It doesn't mm-hmm. say He will turn the the the, the the music taste or the clothing style of the right. fathers to the children. It's a hard thing. And, and, you know, prayer is really when our hearts come alive. But I do believe that none of this will happen in a church if it doesn't happen in the heart of the leader first. God challenged me many years ago when he said, you need to spend 40% of your time with people half your age or younger. <laughs> That's and, good. And that, that took some serious change on my calendar. But, you know, if it's not in your calendar, it's not in your heart. Everybody can talk cheap. Everybody can say, well, the young generation is really important. 
But when it really, when it really comes down to is how much time are you spending mentoring and helping and, and, and praying for the next generation? And, and if you don't have anything else, anywhere else to start, start by praying and start to allow God to create a father's or a mother's heart inside you. Now, the young generation, they, they can detect that from a mile's distance. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I do believe that's where it's all going to start. This is awesome. Okay, I'm hearing some practical things here. I'm hearing, I'm hearing whatever you pray for will come to pass. So if we're not praying for it, we shouldn't expect it. We need to start praying intentionally for generational yes. Um, uh, I'm, I'm also hearing from you that w- sometimes we worry too much about we don't understand them. We don't have to understand them. We have to support them, encourage them, love them, listen to them. Uh, I'm hearing from you we, that you've made a decision to spend 40% of your time with people 20 years younger. Was that correct? Half my age, yes. Half Love your age. Tw- tw- 26 and younger. Half, half your age. I mean, I mean, that's yeah. a bold, that's a bold uh, statement, but it's clear of what the Lord's been putting on your heart. And then if it's not mm. in your calendar, it's not in your heart. You got to, you got to put young people in your calendar and then model this to, to your older leaders, man. I love this, this idea. I love these thoughts because I think so often we do see churches that have that, that momentum going, uh, you know, or movements that have momentum and then eventually it just starts going down and dwindling. And I think this is the key. I think this is the key. So, I do believe that as well. It's it's so important, even even in in our preaching and teaching. A lot of times we alienate the young generation without even knowing it. Wow! Because we tell we tell our stories and we tell our testimonies, and so many times they're sitting there if they're if they're in church at all, and it all's just passing above their heads, <laughs> and nothing is relevant for them. So actually, honestly, you nowadays you will never ever hear me preach one sermon without retelling a testimony about a teenager doing something for God. Wow. It doesn't matter what context. Uh, I believe that when, when, I, I, when we met first, Pastor, yeah. in, that, in that context in Florida, I was sharing a message. And I'm sure, I don't know, I don't even remember exactly what message, but I know it's going to have, it's, it, yeah. it would have had a teenager testimony in there. Yeah, you because did. Because if I, if I retell a, a story about me, then I would relate to people my age and they will go, yay. But not necessarily to the young people, because their initial part of initial um, horizon of Christianity is I'm not good enough. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm too young. You know, so we have to take their hands and invite them. And by telling their stories and by telling the things that other teenagers has done or experienced from God, then I just want to give them hope and really tell them that, hey, you belong here. Mm-hmm. And, and Christianity and church is... It's just as much for you as for anyone else. Woo! I love this. I already got you. Just gave gave me some things to think about for this for next month. I'm gonna start <laughs> it's intentionally about telling some testimonies of the young people. I love that. And you know what? We don't do that enough at all. Um, mm. Wow! This is so important. This is so good. Um, can you can you maybe as we as we start uh, rounding things off here? Um, can you maybe just share uh, maybe the 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 couple minute version of, of a young person in your church that just surpassed expectations because you and your people believed in them? Oh man, there are so many. St- Let me tell you this. Uh, I was, um, th- there was this guy who came to Christ at the age of 16 at a summer camp. Okay. Mm-hmm. No Christian context whatsoever. No Christian family. 
no knowledge at all. And the first time he, <clears throat> he came to church, he gave his heart to Christ. Now, uh, at that time, I was doing a series on We Are the Light of the World. We are the salt of the earth. And I was mm. talking about the temple in the Old Testament, how the temple was a big building. And since we are the temple of the new covenant, according to Second Corinthians, then we should be visible for Christ as well. We yeah. should let our light shine for all men, just like the temple was visible in Jerusalem. It wasn't an underground bunker or something. We should be visible temples. So this guy, 16 years old, only a few weeks old in his faith, that was the first message he ever heard. He ever uh, uh, heard from from uh, from a pulpit. Uh -huh. So what he did was he, he took his own photo in a cool pose like this, you know, like, and then he <laughs> yeah. Then he merged his photo in and made a poster out of it. And the poster basically was his photo in the cool pose, and then the words, "I am a Christian. Ask me why." I am a Christian. Ask me why. He made fifty copies of this poster. And he went back to his school and put the poster up all over his school. Wow. Now, he was the only Christian in that school, which is true about many schools in Sweden. Uh, and he was brand new in his faith. But he called me two days later. I still don't know how he got my number. <laughs> but he called me as a pastor. That was, this was the best thing I've ever done in my life. Because he said in two days alone, 40 young people had come up to him asking him about his faith in Jesus. And throughout that first year of, of high school, after he did that, he led almost 35 young people to faith in Jesus right there in the school. And this is a guy who just came to the Lord, but, but he just took the words for, for true and he, he made a, a bold statement. And, and then, <laughs> then as he explored the, the church reality, a bit more he found out that there was the, this concept about praying old ladies almost every church has got a couple of praying old ladies so he called <laughs> around to every church in the city asking the pastor to get the contact details for all their praying old ladies and then he called all the praying old ladies in the entire city and asked them to pray for his school Monday between 9 to 10 and then you pray for my school Monday between 10 to 11 <laughs> so, yeah. He got them on a schedule so that they, their prayers would cover his school, praying for revival and salvation. So I just love that. Hearing yeah. that from a 16-year-old new convert is just amazing. Yeah, I love that. Um, I think the last question I want to ask you before <clears throat> we tell people how to connect with you and maybe uh, some final nuggets. Um, you know, what would you say to the to the older man or woman you know, whether, whether older is just, they're older than students and youth because yeah. they're 40 and 50, right. Or 60, 70, you know, what would you say to them? Because I think that sometimes the thought for, for some Christian adults is I don't have time, you know, mm. uh, and, you know, what is this going to cost me? And, you know, there's so many kids, how many do I have to, you know, sign up? Right. Um, what would you say to someone who, who just maybe hasn't ever, they've been a believer for 30 years. They've been, they've been Christian. They love Jesus but they've never seen a young person. They've never really stopped to understand them or to, or to, or to seek that. Maybe they didn't get that. They didn't receive that themselves. What would right, you say right. to a Christian like that? I would, I would look them in the eye and I would say, you have so much to give. 
There are so many seeds planted inside of you that the next generation desperately needs. And you don't have to be a pastor or a minister. You can be a businessman and you can train a new generation of businessmen. Mm. You can be a, a worship leader or a singer or, or, or a, a doctor or a teacher. And you have something to give, seeds to plant in the next generation. And you know, uh, my wife, is, her name is Maria. We've been married for 35 amazing, beautiful years. Mm. Her turnaround time, for the, the moment she gave her life to Jesus, was one time in a church foyer. Now, she grew up in a spirit-filled church, unlike myself. Mm. But just like me, she rebelled in the teenage years. And she started coming to church just to, to be there because she had to. Her parents forced her to. But there was nothing in her heart that really was ablaze for the Lord at all. But one day in a foyer prior to service, she's standing there waiting for her teenage friends and, and they're preparing to go into the church, sit at the back and, and just talk and talk and not care at all. But right there in the foyer, uh, an elderly lady in her mid 80s come up to her and she places her hands on, on Maria's shoulder, this, the shoulders of this 14 year old girl. Mm. And she looks into her eyes with all the love in the world and she starts sharing with her that God loves her so much. And she looks into the eyes of this rebellious teenager and she doesn't rebuke her and she doesn't condemn her. She just loves on her and she speaks words straight from the heart of God into this young 14 year old. Wow. That was that was the turnaround point of my, that was of my wife's life. That was it. A, a person who couldn't relate to her culturally at all generationally at all a person with whom she had absolutely nothing in common still was used by the lord just in a few sentences to speak life and, and destiny into the life of of the person that i'm now sharing my life with so uh, just see them just open your eyes and and see them let put your hands on your eyes and say god open my eyes for the young generation so i can see what what seeds I can plant into it and stir my heart to pray for it. Start right there. And, and I do believe it's going to be a brand new door that is opening up for you. Woo, I love this. Pastors, leaders, I hope you've been taking notes. I hope you've been taking some of these things and writing them down, putting them in your heart, putting them in your mind. I think these are huge keys for our, not, not only for our churches to grow, but for us as Christians to have greater impact, to have a heart, a sincere, true heart for for missions, for the Great Commission, uh, and also uh, seeing, understanding, supporting, and loving the next generation of believers, pouring into them, believing in them. Uh, I love this, uh, Pastor Joachim. I love that we're doing this. I, I want to. I want people to know how they can connect with you. If if somebody's kind of leaning in, and says, "Hey, how can I find out more about uh, Pastor Joachim's church or ministry or online? Where can they find you?" Well, the, there is a website called Pastor Joachim. Now, Joachim is J-O-A-K-I-M. Uh, I know that English-speaking nations has a hard time pronouncing my first name, so normally I just tell them that. Imagine a rapper greeting the North Korean dictator, Joachim. That, that's, that will get you in the vicinity. Or you can just call me Pastor, you're welcome. That, I will relate to that as well. But uh, PastorJoachim.com. It's a website. Now, if you want more material, more information, you're welcome to go there. Or find me on social media. Facebook, Joachim.Lundquist, or uh, Instagram, Joachim L, Joachim and L at the end, first name, first letter of my last name. So, uh, or you can just Google Word of Life Sweden, which is the name of our church there. 
and, and we would be super happy to connect with you. Yeah, pastors, leaders, you want to lean in. Pastor Joachim is, is an awesome leader, pastoring a wonderful church and really doing a lot of ministry around the world. So lean in to him, to his resources. Check him out. Follow him on social media. I'm also going to mention the Avail Journal. This is a leadership magazine that comes out quarterly. Uh, if you're not connected yet, claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal to help you on your leadership journey. All you got to do is go to availjournal.com. This is a Christian magazine with with full color, amazing uh, art articles from Christian leaders, from pastors, ministry and marketplace leaders that's going to help you on your leadership journey. We love empowering you by putting resources in your hands. Pastor Joachim, would you agree that having good resources helps you on your leadership journey? Oh, absolutely. We can't live without it. So I would really, really personally recommend all the resources that come out of this podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, um, I want to finish off with just... What, what what do you want to leave on the hearts of all of our Avail leaders, Pastor Joachim? I mean, this has been a great conversation, but what do you want to leave? Do you want to encourage them? Do you want to pray for them? Do you want to uh, challenge them? What do you want to leave on their hearts? Uh, you know, uh, there was one thought that came to my mind the day before yesterday. My wife and I was, was uh, looking at this movie. It's a, a brand new movie that is just out about a girl who grew up in, in, uh, in a marshland. And she's living as an orphan in a marshland. The story is really all centered around her. And it was a beautiful movie, but there was one moment that, that kind of got to my heart. You know, she's been living in this marshland and, and, and traveling around in her boat and she knew the area inside out. But then one day she finds this big tower, like a hunting tower, and she climbs it for the very first time, climbs all the way to the top. And then she stands there and she, for the first time she sees her home from above. She sees the marsh, marshland, but from a different perspective. And she just said, says uh, up there at the top of the, of the tower that I thought I knew this land, but I've never seen it from this angle. Mm. And that really resonated with my heart because as leaders, so many times we, we come to that place ourselves. You know, we, we do ministry, but we're doing, we're doing it from like a bottom level. And we're getting so caught up with all the things that we need to do and put out fires over here and put out fires over mm. there and all the needs and all the people. But I do believe sometimes God just wants to take us up in the, in the tower and look down from the heavenly perspective. And, and really, you know, when that's, that, I do believe that's why the Bible keeps coming back to that. Lift up your eyes. Uh, you know, look at Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And, and being a pastor myself, I know about the reality of so many pastors that sometimes you don't see all the great things that you're doing yeah. because the perspective is not there. So I just want to pray for everyone listening and everyone watching for, for God to take you up to that tower and allow you yeah. to see that all the prayers that you pray, they make a difference. All the people that you serve, you make a difference. All the messages that you share, you make a difference. So if I can just pray for you, for God to open your eyes and give you a new perspective on how much you are worth in his eyes and what difference you're really making. That would be my honor. Let's do it. So father, I just thank you so much for every pastor, every leader watching and, and listening right now. And father, uh, we all know that we need that to get up in that tower repeatedly and to see things from your perspective. And father, I pray right now for every weary soul, for every tired heart, I pray that you will take them up in, in the tower, Father, and give them a new perspective on their life and ministry. I thank you that every single prayer they have prayed is powerful before you. 
every single message when they have been sharing your mighty and holy word, that has produced fruit that they're not even aware of. And I pray that a reward will come back, that energy will come back, the joy, motivation, and inspiration will come back, Father. And I pray in Jesus' name that we will not just run to, uh, to work on what seems important right now, but you will open our eyes so we see eternity and always do whatever we do to serve you from that perspective. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for that prayer, Pastor Yoke. This is so good. You know, I want to just say on behalf on behalf of Dr. Sam Chand, Martin Van Tilborg, our whole Avail team at Avail Leadership, we're thankful for your life, Pastor Joachim. We're thankful for your family, your ministry. Uh, we we bless you. We honor you for all that the Lord is doing in you, and and we're thankful for your time. Thank you so much for having me. It was my honor. So God bless you, leaders. I hope you've been blessed by this. Avail podcast with Pastor Joachim Lundquist from Sweden, a heart for the nations. I hope you've been encouraged to put some missions strategies together and also put some next generation strategies together. We love you all here at Avail. My name is Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church, Iglesia Vertical in South Florida, your host for these Avail podcasts that come out new, fresh, hot every week. On behalf of our Avail team, we love you, everybody. We'll see you next time right here on the Avail Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Avail Podcast with our guest, Joachim Lundquist. You can connect with Joachim on social media and also at pastorjoachim.com. That's pastorjoakim.com. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. As always, I'm your Avail host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Podcast.